Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back to VM Nation, guys. This is going to be a fun episode, but first I want to say thank you for coming back. Thank you for always supporting us. As you guys see, I'm not dressed like uh, the man in black today. We're actually celebrating. Uh, we came out with some brand new swag, t-shirts, hats, my brand new coffee just hit the market, Vertical Momentum Coffee. For people that missed that army mud, it's back. Um, so, but first of all, like you said, my name is Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Thank you for coming in, coming back. We are the, voted now the number one veterans resiliency podcast in the world. So I just want to say thank you. It's because of you and guests like my brother, Sam. We're going to be talking everything real estate. Any questions you have real estate? Because um, the real estate market is hot, hot, hot. And if, if you're renting, you're paying somebody else's mortgage. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, Sam, my brother, what's going on? Just living the dream, my friend. Just living the dream. So you're living out there in beautiful Valencia, California, soaking up the rays. Absolutely. I I, I know you, you on your on the East Coast is having some challenges with the with the weather. Here we're like 66 degrees. The sun's out. So I don't want to I don't want to rub your nose in it too bad. So the struggle <laughs> the struggle is real. The struggle is real. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, where you grew up. What kind of little boy was Sam? Sure. Um, I grew up in um, North Hollywood with my mom, single mom, and my brother. And uh, kind of a, I would say most of us have a dysfunctional family. So it was a dysfunctional family. And uh, uh, 12-step family. And I'll, I'll keep it at that. I don't want to get too personal because, you know. My mom will probably be watching this, <laughs> but growing up in that manner made me the person who I am. It made me strong. It made me focused. It made me um, understanding, impatient, intolerant. And my wife sometimes says I, I'm a little bit too tolerant for some of my clients, <laughs> and I should be a little bit tougher. However, I remember being, you know, buying our first house, buying our first house. You know, you want the person on the other side to be, to explain things to you, to understand it. It's a, it's a big decision. You spend a lot of money for a home and you want to make sure you make the right decision. And I have a couple that I'm working with right now, also a hero. Um, and they were referred through, three levels deep from another hero that I helped, um, an Iraqi uh, war hero. And it's taken a little while to find them something. We, we had their house on the market and we just got a cash offer, <laughs> 40,000 above asking. Um, and the hard part is right now is finding a replacement home because there's not a lot of uh, houses on the market. So, we put some things in the contract to protect them. Um, since it's an investor, it's a perfect storm, meaning that they're coming in, they're going to rent it out anyway. So we put some negotiation tools inside the counteroffer that make sure that they don't lose their house if something does, if they don't find something. So we have a, a there's a contingency in the counteroffer that we use to protect them. So now, 
what were your interests when you were in high school? Oh, high school. Sorry. I have ADD, so I have to apologize. And I actually learned about that when my children um, got diagnosed. So when I was when I was in high school, I had no idea what was going on. I, I was an OK student. Um, I had quite a few relationships. I didn't understand in why I had so many relationships when I was young. Um, I didn't understand why I couldn't keep a job. I didn't understand why I did the spontaneous things that I did. And then when I grew up, it was like the light bulb went on. It's like, oh my gosh, if I would have known back then what I know now that I'm dealing with something that's a serious issue for a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm one of them, so I get it. So in high school, I, I played in the band. I was in the marching band. Um, of course, you know, I was a tall, thin stream being, you know, I got picked on for classes, but you know, who didn't get picked on in high school, at least back in our days, you know, if somebody picked on you, you took it out in the back, you, you, you went and did a fight and, and it was done. Yeah. You know, you got, you got respect for fighting back. So, um, not today, not today, not today. <laughs> they follow you back on back through your, uh, your social media. Yeah. They taunt you. They they talk things behind your back, right in front of you, because yeah. a lot of times you don't know who who is saying what. Yeah. So, in many ways, it was better back then. You just take them in the back and you know show them that you're not afraid of them, and then they stop picking on you. Yeah. I had I had a guy that followed me home, and I leaned him over a fence and I whacked him a good one, and then he <laughs> even to this day. Uh, when I ran into him uh, during my reunion, he's like, he's like, he's like, it's all cool. It's all cool. We're good. Right. <laughs> Cause yeah. I'm a lot bigger. I'm a lot bigger now. <laughs> it's never too late for, it's never too early for an ass whipping. So just absolutely. <laughs> so now having ADD and what was the decision to join the military and talk to me about why you joined and what your recruiting story was like? Well, I, uh, Sergeant Windover over in uh, Simi Valley, uh, I was living in Riverside County. My, my mom got remarried and um, we lived in Simi Valley at the time. And they were, of course, they're all recruiting in, you know, junior high and high school and they're following, following with you. And I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea for college, for college money. You know, what's what's not to like? You go serve your country, you do what's right, and after you're out, you get you get college money so you can go to college. Because my my family didn't have the money for college. So I wanted to go to college and I wanted to serve my country. So actually I signed up. Actually, my mom had to sign me up uh, when I was 17 yeah. for me to go. I did the delayed entry program and me too. Uh, Yep. So she signed me up when I was 17 and, and I went in, I went in when I was legal <laughs> right after high school. And it was crazy going to South Carolina in the summer. Oh my gosh. I should have thought about that before. Oh, you, you, went, you went to relax in Jackson. I went to relax in Jackson, Tank Hill. And yeah. Yeah. That no, was very a, well. I, I, I actually retired out of Fort Jackson. So that's Funny. I'm a Gamecock for life. 
Gamecock. <laughs> so tell me what it was like coming from a little, you know, coming from California. For me, it was a big culture shock because here I'm a loudmouth punk um, and from Jersey. And now I'm with all these people from all parts of the world. Now, I've met people that were strong. But when I, when I went to basic, I met people that were country strong. There's a big difference between strong and country strong. So talk to us about what your experience is like going, going through basic and finding, meeting all different people from all different walks of life. It's pretty amazing, especially when you meet somebody that, that's speaking Creole. And it's like, is he speaking English? <laughs> and I mean, he was the nicest guy in the world, but it's like, is he speaking English? I don't understand. Him. It's a, it's like a French combination. Yeah. Um, it, it, very strange. But it's like, he would talk and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever he said. <laughs> with, now now with your ADD did you take to the military easily I had some challenges I had some challenges um, it was the hardest thing about having ADD and not realizing it is not understanding why you're doing what you do and just you know, you do things just on the spur of the moment and, you know, you get in trouble. Uh, you wind up doing more push-ups than anybody else. You wind up doing KP. You wind up doing all the things that, you know, you get yourself in trouble. But, I mean, this, that's just part of growing because 17, 18 years old, you're just still a kid. You're still yeah. wet behind the ears. You have no idea what life is. And being thrown into uh, barracks with 60 people, it's, I mean, that's culture shock. That's serious culture shock. It's like, who are these people? <laughs> Do I trust them? Um, why are they looking at me so funny? And I, I, it's like, it's really, it is culture shock. If, if you want, I tell people, you know, if you want to grow up quickly, go to the military. Because you have to learn how to deal with so many different personalities and so many different expectations and leave your personality at the door because they don't want your personality there. They want, they want you to, they want to break you down to build you up. That's what the military is there. They want to break you down to build you up. So they have a fine oiled machine that God forbid you go into a situation where it's life or death. You just, you do what you're trained and that has nothing to do with your personality. That has to do with what, survival, how to survive. So their job is to break you down to build you up. So if you go into anybody out there, you go into the military, don't take it seriously. <laughs> it's, it's all a game to break you down to where they need to break you down to, to build you back up, to make you a stronger person. So it's life is not over. <laughs> when you're in the military, even though you feel like it when you're when you're a young kid, you feel like life's over. It's like, oh my God, what did yeah. I do? Now you went in what eighty nine? Yeah, eighty nine. So, so now that was peacetime. Yes, okay. it was a desert. It was a almost desert shield, desert storm time. It was like within yeah. that period. So now, um, um, obviously, you, you got hurt. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, you know, being so tall, I'm sure that running with rucks and doing agony and misery and doing all, you know, I'm sure that didn't help your knees. 
whatsoever. And, doing the cockroach, doing the cockroach didn't help either. You know, and then of course, you know, like I, I just read something today. You know, back when we were in, I, I went in from '86 to 2012. That you know, when I first got in, it was, you know, rub some dirt on it, take some Motrin. You'll be all right. <laughs> change you know? your socks. Yeah. Change your socks. Change your underwear. Here's water. Make and, sure you, you know, drink water. Unfortunately, you know, like for you, like what you went through with your knees, it's also I've talked to a lot of veterans that have back problems. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for them to find out what the problems are unless mm -hmm. they go through, you know, now we have the MRIs where they can 3D and everything. But back then it was like, all right, I don't see any structural damage, so you must be okay. And exactly. You have, You're faking it. You're faking you can, it. Go, you know, you go can to sick call. <laughs> you can have a torn ACL, MCL, PCL, you know, but you're faking it. So, of course, they're going to dog you even harder. And then you're totally shot. Is that what happened to you? Yes, absolutely. That's what happened. That's what happened. It was like I would be – well, my basic was, was Fort Jackson, so you got the humidity. And then I went to Fort Huachuca, Arizona. So you got to dry. And those two temperatures are not real good when you have an injury. Because, I mean, at, at, at uh, Fort Huachuca, that's a desert that goes from cold to heat fairly quickly. And then, you know, that's, that causes arthritis. That causes the inflammation of the knees. I, I, did, I developed a condition called chondromalacia. Mm -hmm. which is the deterioration of the cartilage in the kneecap. Yep. So I'm going, I'm going almost bone on bone or cartilage is, is like is shredded. So it's like cold, cold weather. Forget about it. <laughs> hot, hot weather. Forget about it. So now after nine months, everybody realizes, all right, this is a wrap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, this ain't working either way. So, mm -hmm. you know, now you're, 19 years old maybe around 20 and you know now what do you do because i find out when people get out of the military no matter who you are you know i've i've interviewed you know navy seal commanders navy seals um delta force rangers no matter who you are you know eventually your time in the military is going to run out absolutely and you know a lot of times like for me when i got out the last time i lost my mission I lost my career. And like my friend Sergeant Nick talks about, you know, once you step off base, the military doesn't give a shit about you mm -hmm. and your phone stops ringing. So all of a sudden you're a man on an island and Absolutely. don't know where to go, especially at a 19, 20 year old kid. So what was your transitioning like? Well, when I got out, the first thing I needed to do was make sure that my knees were okay. So first, my goal and mission at that time was just to make sure I'm okay, because I got out on a medical discharge and I was like, okay, well, what is going on here? What, is, what are they not seeing? What, are, what, they don't, what don't they understand? Because I didn't understand it either. It's like, I'm going to the doctor almost every day and what is going on in there? Why, why am I in so much pain? And it wasn't, I wasn't faking it. It was, it was real and it was serious. And so my first mission was to get out and, and uh, get my surgery done. So I got my surgery done and they found out that I had uh, the, the chondromalacia and um, my parents had 
hit their uh, goal, well, not their goal, they, they paid their uh, deductible for the year. So I actually was fortunate enough to go to a civilian doctor. So um, I felt a little bit more comfortable with that because, you know, the military didn't know what they were doing with me. No, so. no, the v- no military d- knows everything. <laughs> I, you know, like I have, my God, my, I love my, like we have a big VA here and then mm-hmm. we got the satellite offices. The yeah. satellite offices are amazing. I love them. But when I got to go to the VA for big VA for anything, I'm like, Oh my God. You know, it's kind of yep. like, Oh, uh, the big VA is awful. I mean, we have a huge one here on Wilshire. You know, you know which one I'm talking about. You've been out here. Um, they're getting better. They're working on it. Um, there's just some there's some issues out there that that first of all, the government needs to stop doing those burn pits. And I don't even have to go any further than that. Um, I, I think it's a disgrace. I think I think we need to. I think all of us as a, a veteran community really need to get together and, and talk about that and really go into detail with what has gone on with that and not not do those documentaries and really start writing our congresses. Start writing, I mean, whoever you need to tell, that's a serious issue. People are dying from that. And the military is finally um, doing some type of connection with it because it's it's serious. Now, were you able to, because you were, you know, you got medically discharged, mm-hmm. were you able to use your, your uh, GI Bill? I, got, I did uh, Chapter 31. I, had, I did the Chapter 31. I got a vocational re- rehabilitation. I was able to use that. So, what you know, now what was that like? Because you're going from, I mean, you're still a kid. You know, you're still 19, 20 years old. Yep. But you're coming from a, a background for the last nine months where everything is laid out. Everything is SOP. Everybody, you train to standard. You don't train to time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're going to college and you're looking around. You're like, we're all the same age, but I've been through so much more shit than <laughs> these people around me. What was that like? Well, you got you got a lot of people that um, have the owe me mentality, and their kid, their parents are paying for everything for them, and they don't take it seriously, and they don't, you know. I, I went in seriously and said, you know what, the government's paying for this, and I better take this seriously. If I don't take this seriously, it's like, well, you know, why am I here? So a lot of what I learned in the military is just keep going and, and be the best. So and what did you think? What was your? Uh, what did you sign up for? I did um, computer sciences. I went for my associates in. Um, computer networking systems. And then I continued on and did my bachelor's for information systems security. So So, now you're doing all this stuff. Did you start uh, moonlighting doing real estate or how did that come about? I think at that time I had already got my real estate license. I I earned my real estate license actually when I was, I, I, did a few things before that i did um i drove a schwanz truck when um me and my wife uh me let me go back a little bit i had a motorcycle accident and 
after the motorcycle accident, I met, I met my wife and my wife's a nurse. So it was, it was kind of interesting. She wouldn't let me drink a cup of coffee because I couldn't hold the coffee cup. I had a dislocation of my shoulder <laughs> so I couldn't hold a coffee cup. So we started dating. And at the time I was driving a cab and when I was driving a cab, she had to go out with me because she didn't see me otherwise because it was a 12 hour shift or 18 hour shift. So along the, the lines of, you know, you get out of the military, right? And you get odd jobs. Tell me a military person that doesn't do security at one time in their <laughs> career. Yeah, right? It's just in your wheelhouse and you're like, I really don't have to train for it. I've already been training. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you start with security and you, you know, at the time they were the, they were replacing the, um, the gas lines in the, in the gas stations. So sometimes I was sitting there guarding a hole, making sure nobody fell in it. <laughs> so I did security. I drove a cab. Um, then I then I went into Schwann's. I worked for Schwann's, and that's delivering food to to door to door. Those big yellow trucks. I'm sure you've seen those. Yeah. But wait, um, you, you you have a degree? Yes. Correct? And what happened with getting into the computers field? I did it. Um, I did it for about a year. And see, this is where the ADD comes in. I did it for about a year and I realized that I like the people better. I like dealing with people better. Um, when you're growing up, when you're in the process of learning about yourself, you learn, thank God, you learn who you are. And I, I do still do stuff with computers. Of course, you know, real estate business, you still do a lot in technical stuff. I do a lot of technical stuff. Um, so I have knowledge of how computer systems work and, and searches and optimization, all those things. So I'm really, really, uh, I'm really uh, versed at dealing with that. So it does help me in my business now. Um, but I had worked for a gentleman that thought he was still in the service. And he ran his team on his computer systems just like that. And he was hard and he was, um, and I wasn't as fast as I needed to be with, we were doing like, we were doing um, uh, desktop support and you would have to go in and you'd have to help people to, uh, there's a company that actually realtors actually go to this company and you do online training with this company and i was desktop support i have to go into the back office i'd have to go and uh, download the the test and do um and sometimes walk people through how to turn off their pop-up blocker because they go in and they go to take the test at home and their pop-up blocker was on and they would i mean companies like um I'm trying to think what the name of the company, Publix. Yep. There's a company called Publix. And before they even get hired, they have to do a test. They have to do a assessment test. 
So I get calls from publics that they didn't know how to turn off their pop-up blocker. I mean, it's, it sounds like such a simple thing, but um, for a lot of people, it isn't. So I'd have to walk them through how to turn off their pop-up blocker. And you had a certain thing you had to do, how often you had to turn over people. And I'm not just going to hang up on people when they're still having challenges. I walk them through, and then sometimes I have to take over the computer and actually deal with the computer system. But my uh, supervisor didn't like how fast I was, and you know. Well, it sounds like you have you're like me. You have a lot of empathy. You sound absolutely. Like, so now, like for me, but I, he didn't. <laughs> um, now I did. I took the real estate. I signed up for the real estate course. Mm-hmm. I crushed it through the whole way. I didn't take the final exam because I was told when I was younger that I would always suck at math and that always stuck with me. So I was afraid I was going to fail. So I never took the test. So guys, if you're out there, just finish it. If you're taking the test, just finish it because you've already got it down, Pat. Don't be like me to where you ace the, I aced every portion of it until it came time to do the final. And then I never took the final. I chickened out. So guys, Richard, don't be like Richard, I hate, I hate math. I hate math. That's why you have lenders. <laughs> I hate math. That's why you have lenders. And there's not that much math on that test. Well, well, so I, I so we will, we will take care of you, Richard. We, I, I want you on my team. Let's do it. Let's rock so, it. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you got into real estate and, you know, everybody thinks, well, I can't get into real estate now because um, the, the market is so hot. But I just talked last week. I interviewed Sharon Lecter from Rich Dad, She's Poor awesome. Dad. She's awesome. And, and she talks about, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Sometimes you have to go around the bush to get yep. to get into some of these properties. But you don't have to go the traditional way all the time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can find these properties on um, foreclosure list, on notice of default list, on um, absentee owners, which are people that own several properties that are like, say, holiday properties. And they get to the point and they realize that they got a lot of equity and then they want to sell it. So they need somebody to do that. But um, let me go back to how I got into real estate. I got into real estate from a, I was driving a Schwann's truck, right? And I'm going to back way up. I was driving a Schwann's truck. No, no, let me go be first ones. Um, I was, oh, I'll go back to me and my wife wanted to have kids, right? And we were unable to. We ran into, or my wife ran into somebody at the in vitro clinic. And she said to my wife, she says, um, this company pays for, uh, um, not IVF, but pays for artificial insemination. Why don't you have your husband try, try, get a job there? That was Schwann's. So I worked for Schwann's because it was paying for artificial insemination. Then we decided to go uh, one step further. We decided to do IVF, our, um, 
in vitro fertilization because we still we lost uh, we lost three babies um, while we were trying, and we said, you know what, it was really real estate. Real estate was awesome. I was making good money. I had a team. I had everything was just heading in the right direction. So we decided we were going to do IVF, and IVF is like eighteen thousand, twenty five thousand. It's not cheap, and we decided to. If we were going to invest, we were going to invest, you know, to get, to have babies, to have girls or to have, um, we didn't care who, what they were at the time. It was like, you know, we just want to have kids. So she went back to the same clinic and ran into the same girl that told us to go to Schwann's and, <laughs> and get a job there because they had IVF. So she was talking about getting a real estate license. She is. So she, her name is Tamara uh, Tanioli, and she's awesome, and she's a great person. And um, I hope she sees this. You know, we love you, Tamara, and she's she's just awesome. Um, and she's also a nurse, like my wife. So I went and I went over to KW, and I went and get my real estate license because she said, you know, you should go get your real estate license. You know, things are hot, things are hopping. So. The same girl at the same place told my wife, and then we just, we did it. We jumped on it. And then um, when we had the babies, the babies were 211, 215 in the NICU. Uh, we lived in Banning, which is a little hole in the wall city. Um, you've heard of Morongo Casino, right? Yep. It's like the two exits before the Morongo Casino. It's, it's, um, Mostly a senior area. There's a lot of uh, big senior population. But the, my wife's water broke at 30 weeks and she went to San Gregorio Hospital. And through, through the grace of God, uh, the person that was on call had delivered uh, quints before. And this was just a doctor on call. And who knows what we would have gotten if this guy wasn't on call. So um, he delivered it in this little podunk hospital and uh, the, the team from Loma Linda Hospital, which is one of the best, I don't know if in the world, but in the best in the area in California, um, they delivered, uh, they did baby Jessica, remember mm -hmm. the baboon heart? They did yeah. that. And I think they actually did the first heart transplant besides the the baboon one i think they did another one before that so how many kids you have now just the twins just those girls right there okay so, so you're working now you now you know now the pressure's on because you know you got kids on. you know now you you got you know because i i didn't feel pressure until i had my daughter and then you know when now i got three kids and you're like all right i got diapers food everybody's got to eat we all got to yes. stay warm so what was it like being in the real estate market and then bam, 2008, <laughs> 2009 hits? What was oh, it? Was it? it was insane. It was insane. You know, it was rocking. It was rocking. It was rocking. And, and then all of a sudden it was like all the people that you, you helped all these people get into these houses. And unfortunately, a lot of people that were getting houses at the time were also buying toys. They were buying jet skis. They were buying, oh my gosh, you know, RVs. They were buying all this, all these different things because they didn't have any money 
involved in these transactions. It was zero down. They were they were uh, they were uh, no income, no asset. They were Nina loans, and you didn't have to prove anything. If you could fog a glass, you could buy a house, and that was the that was the start of the issue that we had, because there was no blood in the game. There's no blood in the game. No, nobody had anything to lose for walking out of the house, walking away from their houses because they didn't have any money in it. No, and I think, you know, no matter what you do, you know, if you don't have any, you know, any skin in the game, yep. you're not going to do anything. It's kind of like I can give you a, a, somebody a free gym membership. They'll mm-hmm. never go. But once you have a gym membership that's like 150, 200 bucks a month, it's coming out every month. You yeah. know, now if you don't go, your wife's looking at you like, all right, guy, <laughs> we're paying <laughs> you either get to the gym or we're going to cancel it because you mm-hmm. have skin in the game, right? Absolutely. So then how did you pivot? How long did it take you to pivot? Because we're, you know, because now we're, we're eventually going to talk about now what mm-hmm. pivoting is, was like in the last two years. But what was that first pivot like in 2008 and nine? 2008-9, we actually, uh, there was a lot that was going on personally. Uh, my wife's my wife's uh, dad passed away. Uh, her brother-in-law lived in Valencia. And we actually, we had bought a house in Beaumont. And then um, the market adjusted. And I was going to uh, go back to school. And my wife got an offer to work in Valencia, out of Valencia, because she's a nurse and they, they always want nurses. And it all came at the same time. Um, for a while, she actually stayed home with the girls and I just did my real estate. But things had adjusted and you had to adjust with it. And I had an opportunity to go back to school. And I was excited to go back to school and to learn a, you know, a trade something I could use. And so we, we moved back to Valencia. We moved to Valencia uh, to be closer to my wife's family. And because her, her, her dad was sick and um, it was important to be, be close to her family at the time. So we moved to Valencia. I started at ITT Tech over in um, Silmar and started going to school. And of course I kept my real estate license and I did some real estate on the side. And, but I mean, my main focus was to get a good grade and to graduate. And, you know, I could always have my real estate. I could always do my real estate. That's not a big deal. It's always there for me. So, um, I focused on, uh, my school and my wife, uh, did worked and we kind of, we juggled the girls, Childcare. Most of the time, we we handled all the childcare ourselves, uh, because of all the craziness that's going on with with kids, and, and I don't trust anyone out there. Um, so she she got a job. She got a good job um, doing uh, workers' comp, and I went back to school, and I went to school at nights. And then between both of us, we, we juggled everything. We, we were able to afford everything. We were able to, um, I was able to go to school and, you know, babies were, were little at the time when I first started going to school. So it was, it was really flexible. We, 
like I said, we bounced things off of each other and we made sure that we were able to cover the, the kids, taking care of the kids. And it's all about the kids. You know, you know, <laughs> it's about the children. Yeah. One of my friends way back when said it's for the children and I, I can kick them now. <laughs> yeah. So now did you feel the urge to get back into real estate full time or did, did I you, wanted to, well, did you, in the kick in yet, did you get bored yet? Um, I enjoyed going to school. I enjoyed learning. I enjoyed helping. Actually, I mentored a lot of people in, in school and I didn't realize, I mean, I would, we would have study classes, we'd have study sessions and, um, I would help people pass tests and stuff like that. And, you know, that's about the same time that I realized that I had ADD when I was going to school, because at the same time we were testing the girls and found out that they were suffering from it. And my, one of my daughters still, I mean, they both suffer from it. Um, one of my daughters has, has some pretty good anxiety. So she kind of suffers from it in, in, in other ways of it. So, but for me, you know, because I, I have ADD, um, and, but mm -hmm. as I became an adult and realized what it was, um, I kind of harnessed its power mm -hmm. and used it as a superpower because I, you know, I ran a general nutrition center for 30 years. So mm -hmm. I would be able to have this conversation with this person and this and this <laughs> thing at once. So I kind of used it as my superpower instead yep. of using it as the negative. I used exactly. It, how can I harness it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I did. I, I, um, I wasn't medicated. I didn't take anything major. Um, I took what was called GABA. And what yep. GABA is, uh, it's a natural thing that's in your brain. And it helps I have you it stay upstairs. calm. I take yep. it day. It helps you stay calm. Yeah. And it helps you focus. And mm -hmm. I would take it before my test. I would take it before my test so I could keep calm and, and pass my test. So GABA was a miracle. And once I found GABA, I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. You know, I still, I do take some other stuff that's prescribed through the VA, but that's just, that's from other issues I, I have to deal with. I mean, we all deal with, we all deal with our own issues and we figure out how to get through them. And, and So what is your, you know, now in the real estate market, we're talking about how, you know, for me, like I, I used to get aggravated, you know, I live in a certain area. Uh, I'm not going to say its name, cause, but you know, <laughs> people would, you know, they have a $60,000 Lexus at out, outside. <laughs> they're wearing like $10,000 worth of jewelry, got the newest iPhone, the newest Jordans. And then they go into a rented apartment. <laughs> and, I, and I just never understood that. Until I, you know, I read that book by, you know, by Sharon and, and, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. And, you know, they talk about how, you know, they're not making any more land. Nope. So, you know, get, get your little piece of the problem. Hawaii, Hawaii, it's, 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 uh, it's slowly growing, but it, it's going to be like what, six generations down where, where that land's going to be able to be built on. <laughs> so, like, you know, for me, you know, one day I got home and, me and my wife were doing our bills and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm paying like in New Jersey, it was very expensive. Mm -hmm. I think my rent was like 16 or 1700 a month. And I'm like, but if I use the VA loan, mm -hmm. I can move in with no money down, no PMI, 
mm-hmm. and spend maybe $300 more a month to own our own home than to rent. Now, so like I said, I love the, the VA. I love that they're so thorough with the home inspections. I mean, yep. you, you, you can't hear a mouse fart. You know, they, they, they make sure everything <laughs> is right before you buy that house. So talk to us. We were talking a little bit earlier about VA loans and veterans. So talk to us about that process. Well, the, the cool thing is if with a VA loan, you can save, if you have a service connected a disability and you have to check for your area, um, if you have a service connected disability, like I have 50, I'm 50%, um, you don't have to pay funding fee. And funding fee is could be two percent of your purchase price. It could be, I mean, it's a, it's a decent amount of money. So saving that funding fee when it, when a veteran realizes they they don't have to pay that, oh my gosh, it's like it's it's you know you become their hero, and it, it's amazing. The the VA loan is the best out there. Um, we need more good uh, veteran uh, inspectors. If you guys are looking to become inspectors, we need good veteran inspectors. Do go that way um, because a lot of them are retiring right now. So public service announcement. We need more veteran inspectors. <laughs> so, you know, because like I said, I'm here on the East Coast, your West Coast. How is the market? Like I said, um, I had a friend. He listed his house this Friday, last Friday. 8 p.m. by three o'clock, they're doing paperwork. It's yep. it was just like that that quick. But now you know, I also hear a lot of people have problems selling their home b- because they don't do some of the basic touch-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just cutting the grass. You know, really nice. You know, maybe just staging the house right, or also you know just trying to a little touch-up paint here and there. It doesn't cost you a lot. But a lot of people don't do it. But then when their house doesn't sell, they're like, I don't know why it's not selling. Exactly. And actually, if you go to if uh, any readers go go to or watchers go to sam661.com, I have a few books in there on how to prepare your home to sell. All I have to do is click on the link um, and it's an ebook. So if they have any questions, they can connect with me. And also, if you're a hero, in the community, police, fire, nurse, teachers, government agencies, nonprofits, go to that. And what I could do for you is, I got something buzzing around in here, sorry. Um, what I could do for you is I, I connect uh, veterans and heroes to people that give back 20% of their gross in other states. And I don't take a, as in real estate, we're allowed to take a referral fee for referring agents. Um, so if somebody needs an agent in another state, I can help them. And of course, you know, I get something for my for my troubles. I mean, it's not a huge amount, but as a real estate agent, and this is another advantage of getting a real estate license, Richard. If you have your real estate license, you can refer, say you refer somebody to me in California, you can get 25% referral fee. Just for saying, Sam, I got this person coming to California. Can you, can you help them? 25% in your pocket. My for friend. doing nothing. For, 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 just... for just keeping me in mind and, and just sending it to me. And, you know, that's, I mean, it's it's a great 
option just to have your real estate license. And you don't even have to do much. I mean, you could refer a couple, you know, a year and, you know, make a little, little side income. So we're going to get you your real estate license, Richard. We're going we're gonna to get, we're going to work on you. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. I am on a mission. <laughs> you know, so now talk to us about what you're doing now, because, you know, I think we've been friends. I think almost, it should be almost about coming up on a year. Yeah. Yeah. Clubhouse. We, yeah. we, we met up on Clubhouse, Clubhouse and uh, incredible veteran groups. We need to get those veteran groups going again. They, there's a lot of vets out there that really need that, the connection, the camaraderie. And when Clubhouse first started, we had some really good veteran groups. I think we need to talk to DP about getting some of those going again um, yeah. because veterans out there, they really need the, the connection. And I really enjoyed those groups, too. Yeah, it just seemed like it just fell off. It kind of got mm-hmm. where all these weird rooms, and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. So yeah, exactly. Stopped, you know, and I mean, we had uh, the cool thing is we had closed rooms, so yeah. only only people that really would come in are, are veterans and, and people that you know respected veterans. Maybe um, I'll start up again. Maybe I'll start doing that again. So talk yeah, I think it's about, I think it's important. So talk to us about what you're doing today and um, how we can support your mission now. Oh, absolutely. My mission right now is, of course, to get back in my real estate business. I give 20% of my gross back to those heroes that I told you about earlier. Um, You can go to sam661.com and find out about that. Also, I just got certified to be a, um, I'm going to make sure, charitable, to be able to do charitable gifting of real estate through nonprofits. So say you have a nonprofit, say Wounded Warriors, per se, or any of the the other uh, nonprofits that you have in your community. They can get an average of $550,000 back to their charity through charitable gifting and real estate. Basically, what would happen is I would sell the property, we would find a nonprofit that needs that money. Right. And you think, okay, Girl Scouts, they go and sell cookies. Think about if they didn't have to sell cookies and they could just get a gift of real estate. $550,000. Think about what that would do for Girl Scouts. Yeah. There's nine million, no, nine, nine billion in money going to nonprofits across the country through real estate, through the gift of real estate. So I've heard of that first time. I've heard I, of yeah. I need to get, I need to get uh, one of my mentors on this call with you so we could talk more about how we could get people to understand that it's out there uh, because it is so important and it's out there. And most people don't know about it. Never it's heard been of. around. It's been around since 1917. This this um, tax deduction of um, 501c3 charities through the gifts of real estate since 1917. And, I and this is, yep. They don't teach and, it. In real, they didn't teach it in my real estate class. No. And this is a brand new certification. I'm one of the first in this area that has it. So my goal this week is to really get out to some of those nonprofits and educate them 
on the charitable gifting of real estate and that their cause can get money from philanthropists. You got philanthropists in your area that have that own pieces of property and they want a tax deduction, right? Think about it, if the philanthropists in your neighborhood could take that piece of real estate, me or one of my partners that does the charitable gifting of real estate would sell that property and the charity would get the money from the sale of that real estate. And the philanthropist would get the tax deduction like he wants. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win. The charity gets the money from the house. So say $550,000 and they don't have to do drives and they don't have to do whatever they're doing and maybe, maybe make $50,000 for their charity, maybe a hundred thousand dollars for their charity. And that's, and that's one of those, like, <laughs> that's one of the really big charities that get a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, a couple houses a year, think about what wounded warriors would be if a couple houses a year was sold and the nonprofit was wounded warriors. Think about how many soldiers we can help through that and other very important charities in our community. There's lots of veteran charities out there. Um, my daughter has autism. There's, there's charities for special needs. There's, do you? I got an autistic child too. So, yeah. So, I mean, think about if we could take charitable gifting real estate and educate our public on this is real. This is something that, and, and it's a, it's a win-win. There's no, there's, there's, it's, it's a win-win. Nobody gets hurt and everyone it. wins. So now say if there's a guy, like I said, my, my perfect listener mm-hmm. is ages 29 to 45. Yes. Now, you know, they may be retiring or getting out of the military and maybe they want to get into real estate. What are some of the things they should look for or some mm-hmm. of the things they should not look for? First of all, know what you want to do. Know what you want to do in real estate because there's so many different things. You can go commercial and EXP Realty has commercial. You have a commercial division. They can go residential. Um, if they want to do multi-units, they could do that. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't have a real estate license or, or maybe don't want a real estate license. You can, you can do real estate like wholesaling. There's all sorts of incredible things you can do in the real estate business. I advise people to get a real estate license. First of all, you can refer to other agents in other states. So you're, you're, you have a, another way to make income. And then you can take that money and you could buy wholesale real estate. And you have the knowledge of how the real estate business works by getting that real estate license, because it's important to understand those things. Um, and doesn't it behoove you to be able to also look, get the first peek at the MLS and then oh yeah, that you find out what properties are in distress? Absolutely. Yep. You, uh, that's that's one of the really cool things that you you get to know the coming soon listings. We get coming soon listings, so we get to look on the MLS and um, see coming soon listings. They can't be they can't be shown yet, but you understand which what's coming. Um, then of course, you know it. There's a lot of really positive things, and actually, you can have them go to partnerwithsamsilver.com 
partner with samsilver.com and that's my mentorship group. And we walk you all the way from uh, signing up at the EXP and becoming one of my partners to getting your business cards, to getting your signs, to understanding the process, to understanding the steps. There's steps and systems in becoming successful in real estate. And we have an incredible mentorship group that helps you get to your next level. I, I uh, capped out this year. And what capping out is, is in EXP Realty, there's 16,000 cap. And when you hit that 16,000 cap, then you get all your money. You don't, you're not paying the, well, you're paying a very small portion to the brokerage. Um, but all my transactions the rest of this year are in my pocket. So it was 80-20 and everyone comes in at 80-20. So it's fair. It doesn't matter if you're top producer or nothing. 80-20, you cap out 16,000 back to the company. You're at 100%. Then when you hit another level, you get your stock. You get your 16,000 back in stock to be an icon. So right now my goal is to by July, I'm going to be icon and I'm speaking this to the world by July. I will be icon. So if you're out there, help me get there. <laughs> question to ask because in every, with, with any job profession you have, they're always the top producers. Yes. And then the bottom feeders, <laughs> and, you know, cause like, I know like, you know, I'm not at the top of my podcast game yet jocko's still number one so i'm still going for number one but i'm not at the bottom you're after you're after jocko huh wow you're awesome man so now how do (laughs) what are some of the traits that you see of the top producers in your industry top producers they keep track of their clients their past clients they keep in contact with them they're consistent with their with their follow-up um, systems, they use systems to help them to, uh, do their, um, do the things they need to do every day. They have systems, they delegate, they know how to delegate what they want, don't want to do, what they're not good at and they automate. So they learn what the automation is out there and they automate the processes to help them stay in front of their clients. And also, it always helps to understand how the how social how social media works, and understand it. You need to understand how social media works. You need to understand how what to put on social media. Um, you need to take classes. You need to be consistently learning, because the real estate market is constantly changing, constantly changing, and we have fifty. Yeah, we roughly 50 classes a week we have at EXP World that if there's a new agent out there and they don't know what to do, all they have to do is connect into one of our classes at EXP World and they have enough information to go out and do it today. Um, okay. so also, then- I, I, do a, I do a podcast too, Richard. I do a newly licensed Now What podcast. And- how do we find that? What's the name of it and how where is it found? Um, you can go on my Facebook, 
uh, I, I created a Facebook group called Newly Licensed Now What? And then in my in my workplace, if you're EXP, go to Newly Licensed Now What? And I think all of the and then I did a, did a clubhouse room. I do clubhouse rooms titled the same thing. Newly licensed. Now what? Like today is Monday. So it's mindset Monday. And we talk about mindset. You know, your weekend's over. Maybe you had some successes this weekend showing houses. Maybe you didn't. But how do we protect our mindset on Monday morning when the news media is out there to give you all the negative stuff? They just want to give you the negatives. The stock market's down. This, 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 this. No, don't listen to that. What is your mindset and how do you protect it on Monday morning? And that's one of the things I, I do themes for each day. Like Monday is Mindset Monday. Tuesday could be just, you know, Tips Tuesday. Wednesday could be Winning Wednesday. Thursday could be Thankful Thursdays. Friday is, Friday as you go through, um, what your successes for the week are and how are you going to reward yourself? I was just going to ask you about that because um, one of my friends wrote a great book called Atomic Habits. His name is James Clear. And one thing that he talks about, and I think not enough people do it, is they don't celebrate their wins enough mm -hmm. or they celebrate their wins too much because that's, that's why you never usually see a Super Bowl champion repeat because they won the championship and they get fat, dumb and happy. And then the next year, they're not going to make it back because now, now like I had a friend of mine. His name is Rich Davini. He mm -hmm. wrote a book called The Attributes. And one of the things he talks about, he says, you know, when you're in war, if you if you lose a battle, buddy. You're going to grieve, but you're only allowed three minutes to grieve. Mm -hmm. that or if you're in a battlefield and you take a hill you're allowed three minutes to celebrate so i think if we can take that into our lives you know in business especially you know if you have a win great let's celebrate it absolutely if you have but then, and then move on to the next win but a lot of times when we have a loss it can totally destroy a person because you know they think that you know, um, losing is, you know, I tell people that if you lose something, it doesn't mean you're you're a loser. It's just something exactly. that happened. You know what I mean? It's an event. And if you yeah. could fail forward, and there's a great book called Failing Forward. Um, I advise people to get it because it's really, it's eye-opening. Because you think about how many people's successes you look at your, your Elon Musk or your Jeff Bezos, they failed a lot before they got their successes. They failed a lot. You have to look at how many papers they wrote, how many white papers they wrote, how many they did. This wasn't overnight. They worked on this a long time. Steve Jobs worked on it for a long time. Apple was not the product to buy a long time ago. It wasn't. Nobody liked Apple. Nobody wanted to use it. It was clunky. Nobody liked it. But now so many people are using the Apple products because they got through their failures to create the successes. So Failing Forward is a great book. It talks about successes of people that have failed. And we all have. I mean, I've failed. I've, I've done some stupid things in my career. Um, 
the, the goal is, the thing is to take those failures and to learn from them. You know, the, the definition of insanity, except they are doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And learn from your mistakes. Yes, I, I, I screwed up. I screwed up. What do I, what am I going to do? What lesson am I going to learn from, from that? Write it down, write down. Yeah, I screwed up. This is what I did. And then focus on how to make it better, how to do this. Never say I can't do something. Turn it around. Say, how can I do this? Because when you write down how your brain takes over, and starts trying to figure out how you're going to achieve what you're going to achieve. And just like hows, I use I am statements. I am successful. I am motivated. I am focused. I am the top in my area. I am, I am statements are speaking to your subconscious, speaking it to existence. So, you know, sometimes I do on my show, I do I am statements because we all need that. Yeah, I get it. So last two questions I have. Um, sure. Where do we find you? How do we find your podcast? How do we find you? Obviously, you're you're big on LinkedIn. I mm-hmm. looked at today, you have like 11,000 connections on LinkedIn. So I, I'm kind of jealous because uh, <laughs> so, I see that you're moving around, moving and grooving. So how do we f- go and find you? Um, you can actually, if you just... You can Google Sam Silver Homes if you want to find me. Google Sam Silver Homes. All of my stuff is there. Um, you can go to sam661.com if you want to know about what I'm doing. All my social media is there. Um, the little link above my head. You can scan that puppy. You know, it's been up there like the whole the whole thing. And you can stop this video and you can scan it. It should work. Um, usually it does work. My, one of my mentors scanned it while I was talking to him one day. He's like, Hey, that is so cool. Yeah, that is. I've never seen that. That's the first time it's ever been done on the show. Yeah. And, and it's, and it, what's, it's a digital business card. So, uh, one of my friends, uh, he goes by 10 K this is a 10 K digital business card. It's, it's awesome. You can put everything that you have that for sale, whatever you're doing, you can put on this 10K business card. So actually, if you if you if you scan that, go down to the bottom, you'll see 10K business card. You can get one of your own. That's it's, pretty cool. It's awesome. So I appreciate you, Richard. This is so cool. All right, but I got one more question to ask you. Um, got it. I, and I asked a, a thousand people, and I get a thousand different answers. Um, sure. You know, we're living in a COVID world, and mm-hmm. I, I was I interviewed one of the Iron Chefs last week. And he was talking about how we've lost over 100,000 restaurants in the United States in the last two years. So uh, there's a lot of parents out there driving Uber, DoorDash, you know, just trying to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're probably never going to get to it. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's listening to us right now and we ask them to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely, more than likely to do it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody right now is struggling with the decision, should I get into real estate? Should I not get into real estate? Um, what can they do in the next 24 hours maybe to get some clarity on it? First, they can contact me. They can go to either the, the 661-418-REAL, 
418-418-7325 and call me. I mean, I would love to talk to you about where your goals are, what you're doing, where, where you want to head, because real estate might not be for you. You may want to come and you may want to do short-term rentals. You may want to do, um, you may want to do wholesaling. I mean, there's so many things that you could do in real estate. It's not always about a real estate license, but I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, actionable steps. Go to partnerwithsamsilver.com. Partnerwithsamsilver.com. That there's my team. Uh, that website talks about why people are leaving their brokerages. It's not just, um, I mean, they're leaving brokerages for a lot of reasons. And I'm seeing all around my community, a lot of the top agents are coming to EXP. I mean, take a look at, you know, Grant Cardone and his wife, Elena Cardone. Why'd they come? To, why'd they come? Why would they come to EXP? Why? You know, you got somebody that's a multi-billionaire that sees the opportunity, that sees the multiple streams of income and coming to EXP. And, you know, go to go to partnerwithsamsilver.com and I would love to talk to you further about what you want to do. And you you veterans out there, I love you. I love you. And I would love to help you become successful if you want to do the real estate business. And I love heroes out there because they're focused, they're motivated, and they say, what do I need to do? And and do it. Yeah. And one thing I think we learned when we learned, even if you just spend 30 days in the military, you know what an SOP is. Yep. You just, 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 just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Absolutely. For me, it's a lot easier. You know, like I took some courses on podcasting where they actually break it down Barney style. All right, do this, do this, and do this. You'll get this. I can do that. There yeah. You know? Systems. So, yep. Yeah, systems. All right, guys, definitely check out Sam. Um, we met on Clubhouse almost, I guess, almost maybe over a year now. Yeah, it's over. It's over a year because I just had my anniversary uh, January like third or fourth. I had my anniversary for the year, so yeah, it's it's been over a year now. So maybe me and you will get we'll do a room together. You know, absolutely, let's do get, it. You get some of the heroes into the market, guys. Thank you so much for always coming on. If you get a chance, check out the new coffee. Um, check out the new hat, the new T-shirt, and as you guys know, twenty-two percent of all proceeds go to help veterans that are struggling with PTSD and homelessness. So we're always giving back. We're always paying it forward. Sam, I just want to say, brother, thank you so much. And it's been an honor to have you on today. It's been an honor to be here, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. And remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is but up. I will catch you guys on the flip. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.